Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, it's Russian My Hammers 11. I hope you're all safe and well. Obviously, new to the channel, please consider subscribing and hitting the bell notification so you're made aware anytime we put new content on. Obviously, we have videos going up daily, sometimes two, three times a day, and every guest is amazing. So I wouldn't want you to miss any, any content. So please make sure you hit that bell so you don't miss anything. Um, we've got guests all over the world, from different ages, experienced. Um, not so experienced guests and today's guest is no exception it's michelle gabriel hi michelle how are you hi russ i'm good thank you and thank you so much for inviting me it's absolute pleasure how is uh, it's the same question everyone says how's lockdown treating you um well the barnet hasn't done too well <laughs> i can't speak <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah i survived i'm still here yeah exactly and and it's uh you know it's we're on the countdown now to uh, to football back on, so uh, I think uh, yeah, things are starting to starting to look a bit more rosier, so to speak, isn't it? Yes. Yes. in relation to where we were sort of you know three months ago. It's crazy how quickly it's all gone. I sat down to you know, and I thought uh, you know, how long have I worked from home? And it's been like ten weeks or something, eleven weeks. Yeah, I think yeah. it's almost like eleven or twelve weeks since I last touched another person. Or, <laughs> within two meters of another yeah exactly but it, it, it seems funny it's, it seems almost like because we can't communicate people we, we try more you know so it's like there seems to be more zoom calls and you know i've i've never i mean my mates my old school mates we probably see each other once every six months if we're lucky we must be on the every other week we're having a quiz or a or a you know a chat and, and it's so it actually is bringing people together in a weirder way and it's it's lovely is something I wouldn't want to drop now. No, no, I think it's something, it's something which you said, which people are just, just seem to be really embracing. And it's like, you know, it's my mother-in-law, for example, I talk about all the time on the channel, I've had to teach her how to use FaceTime and WhatsApp and, and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it seems you almost, it's forced your hand, isn't it? In terms of some people to having to adopt technology and stuff and, it works it does work as you said otherwise it would be could you imagine where we would be if it was like i don't know 15 years ago 20 years ago 
eight or ten. I worked in IT. Yeah. And kind of semi-retired a few years ago. But at that stage, video conferencing was so naff. Yeah. It was it was really terrible. It's it's so improved with these apps that we just have free on our phones and stuff. It's crazy, isn't it? It's absolutely crazy. If this lockdown had occurred five years ago. It wouldn't have been really well, leave. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't have. Oh, I mean, you know, my mom, my my wife would have Netflix. She wouldn't have. Had a, you know, it's like you know, you'd have on your phone. You'd only have Snake on a Nokia thirty three ten. You wouldn't be able to text anyone. It'd be a nightmare. Absolute nightmare. But obviously, you know, it's given everyone a time to sort of reflect on stuff. And I think you know, not having football is quite nice because you know, football is. Yeah, the rate of change happens so quickly, doesn't it? Players come and go so quickly, it seems nowadays. And there's, and you know, we're going to have loads of games coming very, very quickly. So we're going to have to get used to it again. But obviously, yes. see, I do, I do the channel to go back and be nostalgic and talk to play, talk to fans and and some players as well about their memories of the club. Now, for you, Michelle. I've obviously I was I was recommended you by several people uh, in in the in the West Ham fan fraternity we'll call it. So um, how did it start for you? Why West Ham? What was your story? Well, I'm an East Ender. I'm from an East End family. I think I'm already third generation, and we're wow. not very young, so um, so that gives you something. Um, my Dad was West Ham completely. He was born in Canning Town. Um, he had two brothers um, and they were both West Ham. One of them, Jack Rapport, he um, trialed for West Ham, yeah. apparently. He died before I was born, but he was the golden boy of the family. And um, he trialed for West Ham and apparently turned them down because he could earn more in a clerical job. Um, but he was he was um, a very good sportsman Um, so I was born in this West Ham family um, and kind of around 64 65 66 I started getting obviously kind of very excited about yes yes as you kind of would Um, now I know some women my age who did go to West Ham with their fathers Mm. or with their parents but my dad I don't remember him ever taking me to the ground Mm. I don't remember him ever saying oh girls can't go but he took Steve my brother yeah um, yeah. you know when he was probably seven or something but um but I started to go with Steve when I was about 11 or 12 so I don't remember the first game we went to but I remember going with Steve we lived in Ilford we yeah. got the 147 bus down yeah. to Romford Road. Yeah. I think we walked down probably Catherine Road, one of those wives of Henry VIII. Yeah. The one with the tree bore factory in it. If you remember that. Do you yeah, remember yeah, yeah. that? Yeah, no, I, I, I remember of it. I, I wasn't there, but I remember of it, yeah. Um, and walked the ground. We probably had sandwiches, great big doorsteps that my mum <laughs> had done. We went in the boys' entrance in the South Bank because that was bit less kind of tasty than the north bank or yeah anywhere else so you could just pay with pocket money and i remember it being three shillings when i started going that's kind of what i remember but yeah. maybe i got price wrong you know all these um peanut vendors in the street ticket touts which obviously just went on yeah. um marching bands in the ground and one of the things, and it relates to the theme I've got for my players, 
but bubbles in those days used to be played in waltz time because the original oh, wow. yeah, yeah yeah and now sometimes sometimes we sing it in waltz time but mostly in the ground it's played in four four time so yeah yeah, yeah. it's um kind of different but i do like it i don't really like the song at all if i'm honest <laughs> i know it's just all it's it's you know for, <laughs> you think about it i was when i was, I was talking to a play a four play yesterday and I mean, he was talking about, you know, he's like, oh, um, yeah, but we, we're used to not doing well. And I was like, well, you know, we have this sort of defeatist attitude already, don't we? In that our it's rousing not- song is about things dying. It's like... Oh, Fading mm. and dying. That's exactly what happens. We <laughs> fade and die. Why can't we have You'll Never Walk Alone, you know? Walk yeah. off, open yeah. your heart. And um, it's, that is so beautiful. Yeah. And you know, ours is kind of like all chromatic. Everybody sings it wrong. <laughs> Exactly, and it's like when people sing in the ground. They change key partway through. <laughs> I, I can't do it. Yeah, and then yeah, I mean it, it's 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 a funny one, isn't it? I mean, I we're obviously we're on preparation now for when we open. What we say we're not open, but for the, the Premier League's back on. And um, one thing we're trying to do is is of you know. We have to obviously play bubbles when the players come out, and yeah, it's probably not going to have the same impact our nineteen seventy five FA Cup version in an empty stadium. It's probably no. not going to work, and um, so we're trying to see if we can. We're going to try and get loads of fans to do it, and and do some sort of you know, not voice of a thousand voice, choir of a thousand voices, but that type of thing. So it's a bit yeah. more atmospheric you know what i mean and uh <laughs> but i know what you mean i know what you mean about about how fun sings out a key and it's just i know i think we should get some but we should get what's them gareth in should we from uh from bbc to do a, get everyone's at least in the same pitch so it makes it a bit more yeah, keeping the same key all the way through that was so hell <laughs> yeah. i'll have a word with gareth malone and see what we can do but um no it's it's yeah and you're right it's it's amazing it's, it's all about and that that's what's come through you know talking to a lot of fans, it's not the games they remember. And the, and the, you know, some people remember the first game, but as you said, it's you and Steve, around you know, getting the bus, getting the bus, you one four seven, you know, walking down with us, and it's you know the peanut sellers and the marching band. The football is almost secondary, isn't it? And that, it that's what comes across. Kind of is, and I still find you know sometimes I blog or I write on social media. Um, and I have got a lot of West Ham friends who are in different parts of the world, mm. partly because Steve started a mailing list about seven years ago. And there are people in Canada and Australia yeah. and New Zealand. And if you write, you know, they can probably see the game. They can probably see it in more detail than you can if you go yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, I don't really like watching games on TV. I like going live yes. to games. But the whole experience the bus the mm. you know whether you can get a cup of tea at a stall and whether you can get a lid for your tea so you don't kind of burn your hands you know and spill the stuff and things that people say to you and you know things people sing in the crowd and um you know whether you can get some chips and yeah. public doing all that stuff people really like that because they they don't get that atmosphere at all. They don't get any of that when they no. just watch sterile thing on TV. Yeah, no, I understand. I understand definitely. And and yeah, I mean it's 
you know, I, I, I still remember the, the smells of whatever meat was being cooked along Green Street. And you, you can't replicate that walking through, <laughs> walking through Westfield. Um, and I wouldn't want to, to be honest, because I wouldn't know what, what meat it was. But yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And, and, it's, and I think it, whatever happens in the next nine games, I think it is what it is. But it's about getting back together, isn't it? It's about, you know, I've, I've seen, I've spoken to people, um, Oh, who was it? Who did I speak to? I can't remember now. Um, Mark Sandell, that's it. And he, he, all his mates that he sits around are having a Zoom party. So they're going to have it on telly and they're all going to be on their computers, obviously moaning at what's going on, having a half-time analysis and a pint and a pint, you know. And that's just so West Ham, isn't it? It's like, yeah. just yeah. all that togetherness. And I think that's what people miss um, more than anything. So, um, sort of laughing, crying, hugging saying ridiculous things exactly and it's people you might not you know obviously people you, you might necessarily have associated if they weren't West Ham fans but because they're West Ham fans you have this sort of this connection and and, and that's what I've I've got more out of this than anything else is you know I've got some some great friends I've made in the last three or four weeks who I know I'm going to stay in touch with do you know yeah. what I mean so um, like we had a oh, who had the other day from New York David um, Holtzwig and Houtzwig, and he is absolutely mental. Um, but I think he's brilliant. And German Holt from the Scandinavian Hammers, absolutely brilliant, but absolutely mental. And it's yeah. it's it's so nice. It's so nice. Um, so so obviously you know from sort of yeah you, when you when you went with Steve sort of seventies roughly onwards, there must have been lots of highlights. That, that you can think of lots of things in your maybe not even maybe sort of memories you know fond memories of West Ham and stuff you know what yeah. were some of them Michelle it's, it's always good to categorize them well the first game I remember I'm not sure it was the first one I went to but um but we were playing Sunderland it was 1968 Steve and I went in the boys entrance uh, I really don't remember other women being there and I don't or girls and I yeah. don't remember even a lady's loom or anything. So I, I just don't think it was kind of like expected. But anyway, we're behind the goal, South Bank. We're a bit to the left of the goal. And um, Jeff Hurst, have to say, and he admitted afterwards, sort of helped it in with his hand, first goal. <laughs> <laughs> but it went uphill from there because yes. we won 8-0. And yeah. Jeff Hurst, and at halftime, he'd scored three, and I think Bobby had scored the other one, which was this floating free kick, as I remember it. Beautiful free kick. Um, and at halftime, Steve said, well, you know, it would be really good if he scored another hat-trick in the second half. And he did. He did. And a young Trevor scored as well, a very young Trevor. And so that was obviously a highlight. Yeah, and I think... Southampton, um, Sunderland hadn't been doing badly mm. in the league, but seriously, it looked like we were playing as a Butio team. It was really? just like, oh yeah, let's have another goal. <laughs> and um, so that was quite a good memory. Um, at my school, um, around about the age of 12, 13, one of the teachers started a computer club and the computer was actually like valve based and filled almost all of Walthamstow Town Hall. <laughs> <laughs> but we used to, you know, write programmes for this thing sure. and, and do them on punch cards. And um, I 
was trying to predict football results. So football, you know, was instantly a big part of my life together yeah. with other interests like computing and making mm. stuff and this stuff. So um, I discovered that I couldn't discover an algorithm to help me predict football results. So <laughs> I think that was a result in itself. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then obviously, you know, it just went on. Um, Cup final 1980, I didn't live in London by then, but um, I came across or somebody came across me, one of my old schoolmates, it's called John Widowson. So if he's watching this, I still have to thank you, John, for giving me two tickets to Cup wow, final. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> he got a ticket, but my late sister and I went with these two tickets that John gave me. And um, what a day, what a day that was. <laughs> that was brilliant. Um, and I, over the years, obviously, some, some brilliant, um, brilliant games. Um, I remember the Liam Brady one, the Liam Brady's last ever kick of a football where he scored in that game against Wolves. And um, it was just incredible because he came on roughly the 89th minute or something and just scored a proper goal. And, yeah. um, and then the game ended a bit prematurely because of the pitch invasion. And that is one of the kind of like benign things that I remember because yeah. in that days there was always a pitch invasion last home game of the season if mm. it was like the last day of the season. So you kind of had this excitement building up to the pitch invasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, so, it, you know, the pitch invasion was completely friendly, but it must have been a bit scary being Liam Brady disappearing in, in the middle yeah, of the Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was a good one, I think. Um, more recently, there's a few. Um, we played Spurs in 2006, 2006. Um, a week before the cup final. Mm. <laughs> you'll, probably, you'll know which one this was. <laughs> Last game of the season, Spurs try and get it called off. Yeah, claim it. it was mental, I, I remember that, yeah. We had put poison them. Yeah. And that was, that was such a good atmosphere. That was hilarious. And um, toilet was being thrown onto the pitch and the lasagna gates on. All that. Well, the following week, we all drove in my car. I drove to... Um, we stayed in Bristol overnight, but yep. we were going to the cup final. And we went down to the ground, first of all, to buy stuff to decorate the car with. So we had flags and scarves yeah. and everything. And then we kind of like processed in a car of one, you know, in one car through London. So, you know, up Green Street, Rumford Road and everything. So then we're, we're doing a bit of hackney and they start to be Arsenal fans. So they're all cheering us. Yeah. <laughs> cheering us. And Chelsea, you know, as we get to West London, they're cheering us. Brilliant. That's was, so funny. That, that's, that's good. That's um, crazy. I put down a few mad home games. One was against Burnley um, in about 2009. Um, we, we used to stand in Chav Corner. Yeah. You know, North Corner. And um, so, you know, we're, we're winning 5-0 against yeah. Burnley. Burnley are going to get relegated, I think, and we're not. Mm. And, um, you know, we could score eight. We could go up to eight. And then all of a sudden, something happened like this 
ghostly chill yeah. across the ground. And they scored three goals very quickly. They did, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the game had gone on another few minutes, we'd have lost that game. Yeah. Only Sam could do that. How, how does it even I don't know. Happen? I don't know. I remember that. I think Chris Woods might have scored a cut. I remember that really because Burnley, I've got friends who are Burnley fans. So I, the Burnley games always stick in my mind. Yeah. I remember that one. Yeah, it was squeaky bum time, wasn't it? Five nil up and squeaky bum time. It's the West Ham way. <laughs> and then last year, we're playing Huddersfield at home. They, you know, they're bottom of the league. They're going to go down. They haven't scored three goals in the whole season, practically. Yeah. You know, at least since Christmas. And they're three one up against us. Three two. So, um, I'm in the equivalent of Chav Corner in the new ground, and yeah. actually, quite a few of the people who were in our row or nearby are in our row now. Oh, lovely. Absolutely fantastic. So, the guy behind me. You start singing, we're going to win 4-3. Uh, yeah, in your dreams. <laughs> we did. We won three, and I think we scored three goals in next to no time. Yeah, it was really quick, wasn't it? Quick successions. But yeah, it's, I love stuff like that. As you said, it's, it's not the most, you know, it's not, it's not obvious games that stick in your mind, but for both reasons, they're, they're just... They're just so like epitomising West Ham. And that's, and that's why we support them, isn't it? It's entertaining, you know. It's like, even at 5-0, you're still, you're still worried in case we're not going to get a result. Yeah. Absolutely and, um, you know, I've been to a lot of away games as well. I love going to away yeah. games. So Burnley is one of, one of the good ones. Yeah. Because, like, you know, I'm soppy about Claret and Blue, as you can see. Um, but they're Claret and Blue, obviously. And yeah. Way fans, you know, kind of install themselves at the cricket ground, which is next they door. Do, which yeah, is yeah. So uh, two or three years ago, there was um, last game of the season we we're playing there, and there's actually a cricket match going on. It's a Sunday, and um, as each batsman got out, <laughs> some of our fans started singing, "Oh fucking shit." <laughs> Cheerio, cheerio, cheerio. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. And I, I love going to Burnley. I used to love going to Burnley when we had Sam as manager because yeah. obviously they would, they hated Allardyce for passion and he knew it. And, and like I always remember because obviously Burnley you have to walk across the pitch, don't you, to get yeah. to the dugout. And all the team had gone out and like 20, 30 paces was Sam on his own just walking out like so slowly and he just loved it. No, I love, yeah, Burnley's always fun. Always and, a good um, game. Yeah, another really good game was when we were in the championship um, against Barnsley um, and we were winning 4-0. It's a lovely sunny day and um, we had practically all of the second half with Rob Green in front of us just singing, we're all dreaming of a team of Robert Greens. <laughs> doing rival congas oh, and Sam Allardyce you know we're all deluded and we talk bollocks because that's what he'd said in an interview yeah about yeah. wanting West Ham style play yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah there were some of the good games unfortunately I was at Wigan um yeah we lost 3-2 and that's another West Ham one you know pub before the game we're all rocking and we're all knowing we're going to get relegated. Mm. And then we do nil up at half time. 
and it is literally the hope that kills you. Yeah. yeah. How can we be two nil up at half time and then three two down at the end with yeah. that bloody aeroplane? Graham <laughs> <laughs> Grant Millwall legend. I think it said. Uh, but that's but that's it, and it's like even stuff like that, you know. We give we give as good as we get, you know. We we give it out. We got to get in it, and obviously that was that was just funny. That was funny. Yeah, you just got you just had to give them credit for that. And so, I think, I think you can kind of forgive a lot of bad results at away games. And there was one that I went to with my son, and um, it was Man U weekday match. We're three 0 down. Tuesday night, cold. You know, Rooney's having a good game. Unfortunately for us. And someone starts going, let's pretend we scored a goal. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually went through the whole thing of let's pretend we scored a goal, then cheering and celebrating, and then like one, three to the Cockney boys, two, three, you know, etc. So we got up yeah, to yeah, yeah. the Cockney boys. So in our dreams, we were winning 5-3. And then someone started 3-0 and you fucked it up. When <laughs> <laughs> the man new fans started applauding us, oh, I, I love those just, ones. It's like I, I, I love chance where there's been real thought in it. So I remember, yeah. I always remember um, when Neil Warnock, when Colin came down and he was Cardiff manager, and there was a massive chance. There's only one Carlos Tevez. It's like that's brilliant because that's like two clubs removed and uh, <laughs> and like ten years. It's still there, and I love it. Yeah, no, actually, brilliant. No, I, I'd love. I said, it's like who comes up with some of these charts? You know, like even when, even with some of the players. You know what I mean? It's like you know, the the, the Payet song or the De Canio song. There must be a WhatsApp group I'm not part of, and uh, yeah. it must be. But most of them come yeah. from Chav Corner, though. Chav Corner is quite a good. Chav Corner. Well, in fact, that will lead on to my theme. Good. Okay, okay. Let, let's, let's, let's start with your theme then, Michelle. Go on, let's crack on. Let's go to your theme of your team. My theme is players with memorable songs. Nice. I like and, it. Um, it uh, seems to be original. So. <laughs> that is a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Chants and memorable songs and things like that. Like, I like stuff like that. Let's, okay, then who, who's going to go in goal then, Michelle? Um, it has to be the big boy because he's got the most memorable song. Yeah. Um, um, that is Ludek McCoskey, obviously. Yeah. Comes from near Moscow. Yes. And <laughs> I think he and we were probably surprised at just how much we loved him and how mm. how well he kind of became our goal, how trustworthy he was, how, you know, what an athlete, what a really, really good guy to have in goal. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a kind of club legend he's definitely become oh definitely and the absolute nutsness of the song my name is Ludek Miklosko I come from near Moscow <laughs> <laughs> he, he don't he says this every time you talk to him about it I don't come near Moscow but I think was it I think Tony or maybe Tony Gow he was talking about that and he went well it wouldn't really work you know I, I'm Ludek Miklosko I come from near, near Prague <laughs> like it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So somebody does that, and I still don't know how how the songs start. I'd love to really understand it because it's it's kind of like a, a whole piece of folk music. Yeah, it, it you know it is folk music. Fan chanting is folk music, and but how does it start? Who who has that brain to do it? Mm. And actually, when I get to one of the other players, um, 
we'll get to a, a kind of broken rhyme where they try and make a rhyme and it doesn't work. <laughs> they're, the they're the best ones. They're the best ones. It doesn't work. And, they, and when we get to that, line, I've got some great stories of when I went to, I think it was Liverpool away many, many years ago. I think we drew two all. Um, we had Gavin Hoonigan playing up front for us at the time, and uh, yeah, this this guy was trying to start a chart. We'll talk about it later. All right, okay, let's let's put Ludo in. Then Michelle, yeah. let's go let's go uh, left back. Who have we got left back for you? Okay, well I've got the magic guy Aaron Cresswell. Yeah, um, because he's magic and he wears a magic hat. He does. Play for Ipswich. Um, I really like him as a player. Mm. I know he does get some stick, but I really really like him and I think the last few months everybody's kind of fallen back in love with him um he's very you know he's he's very kind of agile he's a little bit little for a fullback but mm. um but actually when we play you know five at the back he's he's superb he's, yeah. he's very no, very you're good right. And and he's unfortunate. He's unfortunate as well for who he's who's preceded, so to speak, in left back position. Because you've got yeah. like Frank Lampard, Senior, and Julian Dix. You know, so it's two of the biggest. So he's always going to be, you know, a slight slight disadvantage. But I agree. I think you know. And after Mark, he's probably our oldest serving um, player in the current current squad. Yeah. And um, in a while. yeah. Really he's sure. I mean, yeah, we'll put okay, we'll put put Cressy. Um, yeah. and he's got a lovely hair, lovely beard at the moment. They've all yeah, got lovely I, haircuts and beards. I think some of them look better with their lockdown, hair. yeah. I, I definitely think Declan Rice, though, yeah, sort of sweet, you know, sort of Steve Pox esque, you know, yeah. Um, but Cresswell, yeah, he's very, very good at set pieces and he's very good at, um, yeah, and we haven't got one, have we? And I like that kind of. You know, agile wing back who can yeah. pass the ball in. That's, that's yeah, and he, he seems to have like there was little lull in his career. I think it's fair to say at West Ham, and and he, he seems to have sort of you know the last couple of seasons, season half definitely, he seems to sort of come back into the play. He was so exciting when we signed him from Ipswich, wasn't he? He was yeah. so exciting. Very, very good. Yeah. And uh, it must—it's—it's it, it's all confidence and, and managers and, and put him in the same position, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I'm just checking now. He's been so he signed a club in 2014. So yeah, so six years. You know that that you don't get that anymore now. No, no, not at all. So, so yeah. I think he's an adopted hammer. Yeah, good shit. Okay, let's put Aaron in. Let, let's go for um, let's go for right back then, Michelle. Who have we got right back? Well. I've got someone a bit different from Aaron Cresswell. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is a guy who um, was with us about five years. I think never learned to play to speak English. Um, he then decided to leave so he could go home, back home to near Moscow, you might say. And um, he was <laughs> he was sent off on his debut for two yellow cards. Yeah, missed one game through suspension, got a red card in this next, next one, yep. <laughs> yeah, good old Tommy Repka. You know, he's one of those kind of hard men that they're kind of assets for your club, but actually, you know, I tend to not, I like defenders who play football rather than, yeah. you know, bite people's legs, to be honest. <laughs> but, um, his last game at Hurton. Yes. Um, I think we played Fulham. 
and we won two one. And I remember Ferdinand scoring Holly Anton. Pretty sure that happened. And it was his Thomas Rutgers last game, near the end of the game, and very slowly started the swell of Super Tom. Super yeah. Tom, Super Super Tom. And I'm not sure he'd ever been sung to before, but he kind of got the gist of this. Yeah. And he was in tears. And he, he, thought he was, yeah, crying his eyes he out. He was really, really emotional mm. because it turned out we actually meant quite a lot to him. So, um, well, he was he was a, a record signing at the time, wasn't he? From uh, we've gone from the Sarah, from Florentino or something like that. Yeah, he was he was a record signing for us, and yeah, I, I liked. I mean, it's it's a changing of the guard, so to speak, in terms of football. Now you don't get the bite your legs defenders like Thomas was, Neil Ruddock. You know, there was sort of a period where they were all bite your legs, and then they started with Slav. You know, it's a bit more ball playing. Rio obviously was around, and then it's. It's now, you know, Issa and, and you know, Bonner and um, they're, they're more sort of your more conventional modern day yeah. centre backs yeah. now. Yeah, and some of them can be very tough, as my yep. well, one of my centre backs is, but, um, but still, you know, not not dirty, not no, 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 not getting sent off every other game. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get you. Right, we'll put put Tommy Repka in. Okay, let's go for one. Who's your first centre back, then, Michelle? My first centre back is the one and only James Collins, because of being called Ginger Pele. Yeah. He was a, a really, really great favourite down at Jack Corner. <laughs> well, he gets a jumping in, didn't he? He bloody he was always over there at the end of the game, weren't he? To be at London Stadium, particularly. Just in the song. You know, yeah. when it turned into We've Got Pelé, the Ginger Pelé, I just don't think you understand. He would join in. And then one day someone started going, you're, he's, you know, the subs used to come and warm up at our end. So there was a lot of sub abuse. Yeah. Like opposition subs, you know, you're not playing because you're shit. And, um, but somebody started singing to Ginge, who's warming up. You're not Ginger anymore. <laughs> <laughs> His response was to look in his shorts and go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love him. That's that brilliant. At Chav Corner, that, that was a very special part of the ground. Yeah. <laughs> so I really like James Collins. And in fact, I've got him on my T-shirt, as you can see. Wow, there you go. Was, um, which was a gift from one of my lovely Hammers friends. who's oh. called Gary. Stuart, Gary North, as we call him. And, um, yeah, James Collins. Um, he was a very effective for um, centre back. Mm. Not dirty, not a kind of like ball to feet player like Rio or even Winston Reed, but um, but he would defend with his whole body. He would defend with his heart and soul and body. Everything would literally go on that line. He would, yeah. You know, I, I loved that. And um, I did once um, win a trip around the new stadium um, by coming first in a pub quiz, Pride of Irons pub quiz. Yeah. With some very illustrious people. All oh, yeah. Been on this. Um, and we went on this stadium tour. And um, there, sort of at the end of the tunnel, was this 
picture of James Collins. Have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah, I know the one I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. In mo mode with mud spraying everywhere and him yeah. like that. And it's just that's how he was for me. That's, it's true. Know, everything was, was there. Yeah, and I and even I think even more so his second period at West Ham. His first period, but I I, I remember him more from his second period. And yeah. you're right, he was particularly the last sort of season. You know, that season, that sort of last season, last se took a couple of seasons. Every time you, he played, you knew that he was gonna like go right to the end and he was going to put his body online. And obviously, you know, obviously the the adopted Chav Corner in London Stadium. He was he after the game. He was always over there, wasn't he? Handing his shirt over and stuff, particularly yeah, in the yeah. last season. Yeah, yeah, lovely so, guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. I love him. Yeah. Um, okay. Who's going to be next? Well, my next centre back is um, what you might call a, a very unlikely cult hero um, from Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> and the chant is hilarious, but a bit wrong. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. When you're pimping out your wife, yes. Oh, Christian Daly. Yeah. <laughs> Which pimping out your wife, incidentally, is something that Thomas Repka has been. As, yeah, he's been. Oh, since since yeah, since retiring from the game, allegedly, yes. Um, well, he, he was convicted. So yes. Convicted. Well, yeah, and also he didn't he didn't he try and sell a hired car as well or something like that? Yeah, various frauds, but you know, also kind of like really not very nice things so christian daly isn't that sort of guy you know he's he's a nice guy and i've yeah. seen interviews where he said um well you know flattered by the song and it's very funny but actually i'm a family man yeah <laughs> so i like that a lot um but the song's just brilliant and i i like christian daly because whatever he had you know apart from that notorious scotland interview yes <laughs> sentiment but he you know he he kind of acted like a professional he didn't do stupid things and get himself sent off you know he wasn't kind of a nutcase he was a, no. just a you know an athletic sort of person who wasn't the best scottish player ever but no i know what you mean and he well, he was okay. Gave his best. He did, and and I and I remember obviously the the playoffs. Um, I remember that sort of Church William speech he gave on the pitch after the Ipswich game. You know, we'll, we'll beat him on the beaches type type speech, <laughs> like very brave heart from Royce. But um, no, I know what you mean. He and he was actually I thought he was he was an underrated captain. You know, we had you know yeah. we don't have we haven't had a you know in the modern day we've had a few good captains and he was and I don't think he gets he got enough credit for being a good captain because he no. was like an old school an old yeah. school yeah centre back captain you yeah. know usually they're midfield yeah. aren't they now and stuff like yeah. that but yeah. he was sort of the old school no I like I liked him you know leading by example yeah really, but not really stupidly brave you know no, I don't, yeah but but you know just a really good guy to have. Yeah, yeah, and obviously he had lovely, lovely hair as well. He did lovely curly hair. Lovely curly hair, apparently. <laughs> right, okay, that that that's the defence. Let's go into midfield then, Michelle. Let's go. Let's go left midfield. Who do we have left midfield? Right. Well, the one and only guy that I can remember in recent years with a totally unique song, hmm. and the best player that we've had since Di Canio, in my view. 
yeah, Dimitri Payet. Mm. Um, it's almost impossible to describe this guy. I did yeah. that summer, 2015, um, when Billich came. Um, I went to pretty well all of the pre-season friendlies that were still around Essex in those days, thank God. Um, and there was one in South End early on, and that was the one where Payette made his debut. And um, I, I blogged a little bit and wrote, you know, I've just seen the real deal, this guy is really something, because I think he probably scored a couple and made one. And something yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. You could see, you know, just on the ball, he could make, well, him and Lanzini especially, but, mm. you know, he could make, like man new defenders look like clumsy schoolboys. You know, and, and there was nothing of him, was there, really? It was not like he was particularly quick, uh, little stumpy bloke, weren't he? But he just had these feet. Yeah, uh, but also sometimes that, like, you know, Messi or Maradona, the lower centre of gravity actually yeah, you're right. You're right. really helps with, with mm. balance. You know? But, you know, he was, he was awesome. Those free kicks. You know, yeah. following them around, one at Blackburn, one at Man U, one at Palace at home. You know, they were yeah. they were works of art. Those curves, those trajectories. They were. Yeah. Oh, it was just. It was. It was such a dream of a season. It was. It was. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. It was. And the stars aligned for that season, wasn't it? it? Just everything, you know, not not much goes in the modern West Ham particularly, not much goes right. But that season just went right, you know, even to the last game of the season. You know, it was just, if you could write it, you know, as a, as a, as a screenplay, obviously you had that time, you know, where all the, you know, where we've gone down, we obviously we lost Swansea, didn't we, 4 0, and it's like, oh, God. Yeah. And then we come back triumphant. Um, when yeah. it really mattered, it was like yeah. the, the perfect uh, story. Yeah, it was a brilliant, brilliant season, and a gift to us, if you like. You know, it's just like from heaven, from somewhere. It was brilliant. Yeah. So I'm glad for the memories. I'm just sorry it it ended so badly. Yeah. Well, as I said to someone before, we put Pyatt in. You know, he he joined us in the same way. You know, he and and you sort of get that, you know. So obviously those players, you know, you think of Anatovic and those sort of foreign-based, you know, mercurial talents always come with a bit of baggage. Paolo Di Canio, you know, <laughs> he'd be suspended for pushing over a referee. You know, we've got form. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, it's all it's it's um, yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah, and he was brilliant that season. He made that season for us what what it was. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, we'll put Dimi in. Left, let's go right midfield. Okay, well, I'm got, going to put someone who hasn't got a strong song, it's just his name, Antonio. Yeah, but I want to put him in because I love him. Um, he is such a good team player, yes, um, and such a you know, technically very good. You know, he comes from a non league background, he hasn't been through an academy. I think even now he's still a bit of a handful for defensive. Oh, definitely. Uh, even more so, I think this. The, the, I mean, this season was probably back. It, it seemed like he was he recovered from injury. He seemed much more fitter. He seemed much more mobile. And I think this season he's been when he plays. He's and he's got the bit between his teeth. He is unstoppable. Unstoppable. He's an awesome player, mm. and I think he's the opposite of lazy. And I think sometimes that's been to his and our detriment mm. so I don't think 
you know, I did love Billich as our manager, but I think he he was found out, you know, yeah. before the end of that season. Yes. Just wasn't strong enough and wanted to be the nice guy, maybe. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that happened was him asking Antonio to play right back. Yeah. And what Antonio actually did was cover both positions. You know, he was still playing the wing as well. Yeah. And just before that happened, he was pretty well, he'd kind of got up to speed and he was on looking at an average of almost a goal a game. You know, yeah, he, yeah. He was doing so well. And then he just broke himself or, you know, got broken by having a phenomenal work rate anyway, but Good then point. playing two positions. Mm. You know, then he started to get injured and you know, it kind of went into quite a lull. Yes, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, reliably fit. Um, but I, I kind of felt as a fan that that was a club, in particular, the, in particular, the manager who asked that of him. They, yeah. they, you know, that was hard and a bit sad, really. It was. And it was almost... the following season, they they didn't appoint another right back. They didn't bring one in. No. You're right. It was, it was like, it's like he had his wings clipped. Do you know what I mean? You know, and it's and and we're seeing sort of you know well, until obviously everything stops, and hopefully we'll see it again in a couple of, you know, ten days or so time. But he's um, particularly when he then pushed him more and attacking him and Haller. You know, and Haller when they were you know everyone was crying out for Haller to to have a have a strike partner, and with Antonio it seemed to start the wheels were starting to turn. I hope that maintains, you know, but it's, uh, so I think, he, I think, I think both of them scored against uh, QPR the other day. Yes. So, um, yeah, no, I, I love Antonio. And as I said, he's one of those players, there's very few players um, at the moment where, you know, you, when he gets the ball, there's anticipation, isn't there? That he's going to just absolutely just knock it past the fullback and just, and even if it's a ball like 20 yards away, you think you've still, you still got the fullback's number. And, uh, and that, that, that pace is something which I think, not just for him, I think it's something which across Premier League, you don't get those out-and-out speedsters. There's, there's a few. Uh, Troy Ray for Wolves, for example, similar player. Yeah. Quick as anything. But, um, but also, you know, the strength, the kind of yes. power. Yes, oh, he's a muscle. No, yeah. He's not flimsy. No. He's, it's kind of the opposite. It's true. I mean, you look at someone like I don't know Matty Effington. He was he was rapid, yeah, but right. a wind the wind could blow him over. Whereas you know yeah. Antonio, he's just a, a, a unit. He must be so intimidating for the fullback because he's quick and he's just he's, yeah. he's going to bulldoze you past you. And that's what you need, I think, particularly now in, in sort of the, the situation we're in. These sort of yeah. not flimsy players, you know. People are going to go up and bulldoze their way through. Okay, we'll put Mikael in. Okay, let's go central midfield. Who's your first centre midfield? Well, um, I'm going to put him because I actually kind of don't really like the song, but this guy definitely has a memorable song. Um, This is Frank Lampard Jr. Yep. And the song (laughs) probably (laughs) down the Trevor or down Chav Corner. Yeah. the best thing I can say about the song, the most complimentary, is how they managed to count to ten <laughs> with that much alcohol consumed is quite quite a thing. Um, I 
I just think it's really sad how that all worked out. Because yeah, you know, yeah, his dad for me was the real Frank Lampard. Yeah, the one, the one I'm talking about now is Frank Lampard Jr. Um, but they were West Ham. They were there was only one mm-hmm. club in their lives. That was West Ham. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as EastEnders would say, their family. Yeah, and it's just really sad that it's ended that way. Um, that it went that way. I think looking at old vids, you know, for example, that game against Bradford. Yes. Fighting with Decanio. <laughs> you know, you can see he was carrying a bit of weight and yeah. maybe not trying his best. But he is probably one of the best English players. Well, it definitely is of the last 20 or 30 years. Yeah. You know, I, I would almost put him top. You know, he was oh, a I agree. Such a skilled player, and you know, I think yes, he underachieved a little bit. Yeah, West Ham. Um, but I'm I'm kind of sad about the, you know, the way it turned out. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's one, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's, it's. I mean, West Ham fans do have some sort of yeah, a reputation for holding a grudge. We'll say it be nicely, and, and and you're right. But he, you know, in, in that period when he was playing with us, you know, all those players, we should. I think we underachieved as a club. Um, you know, clearly they were all went on to being with internationals, and you know, and the career he had, and obviously you know, Rios and Joes and Carricks, and and it was it was a it was probably the most exciting time that I remember in my modern <laughs> football, because it was Harry and, it, I mean, Bradford City, 5-4. You know, it's like, it's, it's like... It it did, and it happened more often than not. You know, it's not like it was a rare occurrence for us. Um, but no, I, I mean, Frank's one of those people who is, you know, I, you know, we've spoken to other fans who put Frank in their team, Frank's, Frank Jr. in their team, and um, he still has an, uh, you know, he still has a, as a part of his heart, which is still West Ham, um, for what anyone believes, but that's what that's what he says, and yeah, he still looks out for the West Ham games, and yeah. you know, because you never lose that. Um, and football's a funny old game, isn't it? I've, I mean, I, I I remember John Terry getting a clap at Mark, at the testimonial, you know, and yeah. it's like, hello, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, that you know, and Lampard Junior did turn up with Joe Cole and John Terry for that photo. Exactly. Chelsea wouldn't let them touch the ball, would they? <laughs> we know that, yeah, famously, but... They, yeah. Um, at least they turned up. And oh, of course they did. No, exactly. We put, okay, we'll put Frank in. And, and again, one of those things where, you know, you, got, you say, you know, you're surprised that the fans could count to 10. You know, they, you know, the fans weren't, the, weren't as um, svelte as Frank was, were they, to be honest? You know, it's like... <laughs> uh, no, no. But it was... <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. That was funny. Yeah, I'll right, we'll put Frank in. Okay, who's Frank going to partner then in midfield then, Michelle? Right. Well, this is the guy who had the failed rhyme. This is the guy who came from Canning Town and then the rhyme stopped because nothing rhymes with Canning Town. This is Mark Noble. Yeah. <clears throat> so in the end, Chav Corner worked out, you know, he wears the Clarence Blues, West Ham Trinity. Yeah. That's fine. But they did have quite an abortive time, I think it took quite a while, of getting as far as he comes from Canning Town and then, uh, not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Now this guy, 
I think along with Antonio, I think he he's technically very good and quite underrated sometimes. He's you know he's he's a good tackler. He can you know some well as long as he doesn't do it just beyond kind of the penalty spot and give away a direct free kick. You know? Yes. But um, but you know he can tackle really well. He is capable of doing some very good passing. And for all that people say, oh, he's lost his speed and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's getting a bit older, but he's a very good leader. Oh, yeah. He's always much, much better when he's on the pitch. Totally. He, he is the man. He's, he's a wonderful captain. And I he is. really like him. And I also like having you know, a top-notch penalty taker. Yeah. Somebody who, you know, I'm touching wood here, almost <laughs> never misses yeah. one. Um, you know, I remember Ray Stewart and the days when, okay, Ray's, you know, Ray's here, that's fine, we've scored. Yeah. And uh, De Canio as well. Um, but Noble, I think I would put him pretty well up there with those yeah. guys. No, I agree. Um, and it, and it's, it's that sort of, as you said, there's a nervousness. If there was a penalty... Like in the in the, sort of the modern era, and Mark's not on the pitch. The first question is who's going to take it. Whereas if you know he's playing, Penway Mark's going to take it. It's probably going to go in. You know, there's, there's a reassurance there. Um, and and I think actually he's you know I know people were saying that his legs were gone. But, you know, I reckon the last eighteen months since since Moyes has come in definitely, but even before that, you know, with the emergence of Declan Rice, he's become a new player. There's almost like a newfound you know under Slav. 60 minutes he was off you know 60 minute mark basically um where now he's played 90 minutes he looks as fit as ever um he's one of those players who's going to stay around stay around you know the club hopefully forever i was talking i was talking to kevin Keane on his interview and he's 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 trying because you know because mark's apparently a very good coach with the youth with the and he's, he's trying to keep him you know into that but at the moment he's too interested in playing which is fair enough but uh um, yeah, so I I really really love him. Yeah, um, he's, a, well, he's he's my modern day Billy you know, Billy Bonds because I wasn't around to see Billy play. Uh, obviously, I was around when he was a manager, but you know he is he is one of a, a very small you know breed of players who are you know one club one club men in the modern game. You know, um, and um, because it's one club and it happens to be West Ham, it's nuts. You know, I yeah. mean, which other captain? In the Premier League, has actually carried a player off the pitch because he was walking off too slow. Exactly, yeah, exactly. They did Hiera in the Man United, wasn't it? It's always, it's always, it's always Man United of us, isn't it? It's always Man United. Yeah. The refs are going, you know, can we, can we cut for that? <laughs> <laughs> it's only West Ham. It's, yeah. it's not. No, he's yeah. brilliant. And he's he's and he's he's like you know he's it's a, in terms of being a captain, you know the 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 man the man looks like a West Ham boy, doesn't he? Like an old school West Ham boy, you know, always like got lovely air, you know. If you, if you put him in like I don't know a, a strip from the seventies or the eighties, he wouldn't look out of place. Do you know what I mean? He's just like, yeah, I love yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and long may he continue. Um, right, okay. Let's let's go up front then, Michelle. Who's your first striker? Well, he's the one that um, can put the ball into Rosette. <laughs> <laughs> Who else? Bobby Samora. Yes, the Z man. Yeah, the Z man. So um, 
I loved him as a player as well. Yeah, I did, yeah. And I love this kind of player who, you know, I think probably he underachieved a bit as a striker, let's say. Mm. I think when when he scored, it was lovely. You know, he scored some really classy goals. I think maybe he didn't score enough of those. Um, But like anyone who was at that game at the Emirates, he scored. <laughs> scored when it mattered, didn't he? Yeah. That was all my heart forever. And yeah. um, I actually went with my son and daughter. We got Arsenal tickets. And this thing about Arsenal fans, you know, they're tart, basically. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter-in-law was watching. After, <laughs> after they took down Highbury, built these flats, some of the flats came with season tickets. Oh, wow. So, Kind of in the mid noughties you know, you could. There were always season ticket holders who would just vlog their seat crazy. And um, so the three of us got Arsenal seats behind that goal. And um, so he scored. You know, and Arsenal came out. They were, I call it lawn mowing. You know, this kind of incredibly good um, passing game. Yes. A bit like that v Nottingham Forest in 1991, where we lost 4-0. Tony Gale got sent off. You know, yeah. that, that kind of just unbreakable passing. So Arsenal are mowing the lawn. We're going to get mullered. And, you know, they just weren't striking properly. And Green, Rob Green, had the game of his life. Absolutely top game of his life. And so it's still nil-nil. Zamora does this kind of lob just before half-time. <laughs> and we're, you know, conscious of where we are. So... I was next to my son and I was biting his shoulder so I didn't <laughs> didn't kind of shout out and um, then half time we go and buy cappuccino you know, we're queuing up for cappuccino and Tom shows me his hand and he's got bite marks on <laughs> so we have our cappuccino go back in second half you know Green just holds everything everything yeah. he, he has that game Towards the end of the game, you know, he's looking for, he's, he's going to do a goal kick out and we're playing a, a, a flat back 10 at that stage. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going, you know, he's yelling at them because he's got no one to kick the ball to because they're all too close to him. But how we won that game and how it felt to win that game. Was yeah. Just incredible. Second half, we discovered that nearly everyone around us was West Ham. So, <laughs> okay, so if, yeah, everyone else is biting their lip, yeah. Yeah, so second half, you know, we didn't, um, we didn't feel embarrassed about supporting West Ham. It was just amazing. Oh, brilliant. Game. Yeah. He was a great player. I mean, I mean as I said, I think the season we went up after the playoffs, obviously he scored the, the playoffs as well, but the season we went up, I think he was he was top goal scorer in the Premier League for about two or three months. You know, literally, he, he was like, he had the rub of the green. You know, I think yeah, Liverpool one happened. came off his arse and, you know, you know, hit a rebound. And, but yeah, I mean, he'd always be remembered for, you know, obviously helping us go up as well because that was yeah. an amazing day, that one was. But uh, yeah, Z-Man, we'll put Bob's in. Good yeah. old Bobby. Okay, uh, and who's Bobby going to part? I can probably guess who he's going to partner up front, but who's he going to partner up right. front? So the guy who might have the best song of all, yeah. Cotton Cole, always believe in your soul. Um, and I kind of love Cotton. I do love Cotton very much. Yeah. 
as a person, as a, a hammer. And sometimes I thought he needed a sat nav. I thought that really might be helpful <laughs> when he headed the ball the wrong way. You know? um, it, was, it was kind of frustrating as a player. You know, it, I was yeah. there at the game where he came on as a sub and scored within about 12 seconds. Um, his first ever game for West Ham. And, you know, he thought, oh, God, this is exciting. This is yeah. Um, but I, I think, you know, he was frustrating a lot of the time. It was, it was sad. But, you know, he had us and we had him. Exactly. In each other's hearts. He's part of us. He is. Um, he is. And you're right. I mean, he's one of those players who... God, we love a trier, don't we? We love a trier at West Ham. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah. Ian Dowie. You know, we, we love, you know, because he'd run after a pointless ball, but he would still run. And and yeah. Carlton was that. But he had that those glimpses, weren't there? Those glimpses of, I remember a couple of goals he scored, but he was on the volleys and turned. It's like, where's this? Where's yeah. this? You know, there's incredible football. But then sometimes, you know, if he scored, it was with his ass. Or <laughs> it was like, it just was somehow you know a bit clumsy let's say and a bit a bit fragile as well for all his height yeah um, you know defenders could kind of blow him over quite easily um, no i know what you mean i know but, what you mean you know apart from the fact that it, this is a really good song um i wouldn't put andy carroll in my team because i i don't think he always tried and i i don't think he was always a team player yeah Carlton, you always thought would, would would have a go, wouldn't he? He would try, and if it wasn't if it wasn't coming off for him, he'd still be trying. And I think that makes a big difference. You know, some players, if it's, it's not coming off, that's it. They took down tools, but it was always running, wasn't it? I think, and again, West Ham fans love love a trier. We love somebody who's entertaining us because of the effort yes. they're putting in. Yeah, and someone who's kind of really responsive to us as well. You know, really yeah. gets the fans. Yeah, um, and obviously really important you're totally right and obviously what he still does for the club and obviously he does a lot of stuff for the west ham women's team as well he turns up and does the fun day you know he's just a lovely guy he's a lovely bloke so um yeah he's well deserves that yeah and and that and that sort of that sort of you know fills the team nicely i like like that michelle it's good (laughs) it's a good it's a a good idea and i think there's a nice players there as well and, and what I quite like as well is a lot of modern day players as well. I think, you know, and, and that's, and that's, that's nice, you know, particularly, you know, I think the type of theme sort of alluded more to that, hasn't it? Because it didn't, I mean, there was some, there was some chance of players back in the day, but it seems uh, that maybe the social media world that we live in now gets to share all these. I mean, I, a chant I love is, is the Lanzini chant, but he's never, he's never fit. So he doesn't play. I think that's a great chart. Um, but yeah, it seems that, you know, every player has to come with their own chart now, don't they? Um, yeah, not all of them get chance and some of them deserve chance, yeah. but don't, don't have them, I think. So, you know, and some could be cult heroes like Arthur Masuaku. Yeah. Better than Lukaku. Yeah. You know, could... And, that, and that's true. It's like having, having, having the sort of, having the, the chant almost gives you that 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 you move into a cult hero status you know you know it's like he's yeah you know, yeah yeah okay but yeah it's sort of like people have that affection of, of that player already um yeah. yeah it's like what i can't think of one for fabianski 
you know, it's not it's not the easiest one. I think we've had super fabs. Yeah, super fabs, and that's like mm, that's sort of standard, isn't it? It's like you know, I remember uh, Robert Green, you know, England number six, you know, and yeah. and stuff like that. And that, uh, that joke, and he had six on his. Yeah, collapse. brilliant, absolutely was. brilliant. And again, he's you know, he he didn't take he himself nearly, to Yeah, he very nearly got in my team. Yeah, have you got to put Ludo in? That's that's just, that's still sung today. You know, the the impacts of the player is still being sung. You know, twenty thirty years on, yeah, it's mental. Michelle, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. And I love, uh, like I said before we, before we started the video, I love your, your decor, uh, the subtle claret and blue hints, uh, the knitting. Uh, if anyone spotted it, <laughs> Michelle, just adjust that just before, just to make it sure a little bit more, you know, patriotic and, and, to, and to frame. So I appreciate that. Thank you, Michelle. It's been great I knit fun. Western. I knit Western. So. <laughs> That's, it. that's brilliant and obviously now you've probably got lots of spare time if you can get the wool in that's the trouble now <laughs> isn't it absolute pleasure thank you so much and obviously thanks everyone for watching obviously like share subscribe um as i said before uh it's humbling how much how much everyone is 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 loving the channel and all the support and messages so keep them coming you know it's all about the west ham family um until next time guys take care everybody stay safe and be michelle bye-bye see you later Hi, thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.